Hey everybody, welcome to the Merchant Sales Podcast. We've got an awesome episode today for you. We've got Tim from over at Ingenico, right, Patty, talking about yes. Axiom. Mm-hmm. Their yeah. new line. And uh, you know, we had I thought we had a really good conversation with Tim, especially because he's been around for so long. So he, yeah. you know, and as you'll learn, he's re- basically worked for every hardware company, um, right, at least of the legacy companies. And I think yeah. you know, he had some really um important insights also in addition to what they're doing. Um, where he thinks the industry is going. And then I thought you had a great uh, question from the field. To, uh, would you like to give yeah, a little we just, feel we just kind of follow. Yeah, we followed up that interview. And, and I will tell you, listen to that whole interview. It's actually very interesting mm-hmm. because there's some trends that I think were, were maybe missing in the ISO agent community as far as card present. And so I really highlight that in the questions from the field. And I talk about the coming explosion in card present ISV solutions mm-hmm. um, and how the technology like Axiom from, from Ingenico is really going to gonna have an impact on that. So, and then tell yeah. us about the insiders today, Patty. On the insiders, we talk about the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau and its efforts to um, regulate non-bank payments companies. Um, and this is just sort of the start of something, I think. And yep. uh, this week's episode is brought to you by Nativia Banking. Um, James, should we start? Uh, well, we should start right after I give my little disclaimer. But oh, I, I forgot that, about uh, your little thing. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's okay. No, I always got to say, Ingenico is not a paid sponsor, not an advertiser, not a consulting client, just a really interesting technology that we're ready to talk about. So yeah, with that being said, let's dive into our interview with Tim. Welcome to the Merchant Sales Podcast. Hey, everybody. James and I are here today with Tim McWeeny of Ingenico. How you doing, Tim? Terrific. How are you? I'm wonderful. Thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. You know, we haven't had a lot of uh, hardware people on. A lot of times we have, you know, uh, merchant reps um, or ISO reps. So thank you. I've been wanting to get more and more. I mean, not that we have a lot of hardware people in this business, but, you know, I wanted to get some of you to uh, talk to us about what's going on. So the list is short, but distinguished. (laughs) <laughs> i like it <laughs> okay so how about let's start off well we always like to start these podcasts off by you know learning a little bit about the people we're talking with so maybe you can tell us a little bit about yourself your career path what led you to ingenico and what you're doing at ingenico now sure thing this is a 30 minute podcast so I'll take a, <laughs> i'm gonna take about, about 27 minutes with that well, we'll go, give give us the give us the elevator pitch version yeah, give the reader's <laughs> digest version right right yeah. Which that should tell you my age because none right? of the young people know what Reader's Digest <laughs> is. What's the Reader's Digest? Well, I started in electronic payments after uh, I moved to Phoenix in Phoenix area in 1996. And I was working for Card Service International. Right. And I stayed in the acquiring side for about eight years, various companies. And in 2004, I got on the point of sale side and I, I okay. went to work for Lipman USA, which is no right. longer in existence. And when they were acquired by Verifone, I was invited to join Verifone at that time, but I went instead to a venture called Way Systems out of uh, the Boston area. I remember and, that. Uh, and was there for about uh, oh, four years until Way Systems got acquired by Verifone. So I figured it was just a matter of time. So I went to work for Verifone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I stayed there for about nine years working in various capacities and working on the enterprise side, working on what we used to call the ISO side. Now it's indirect acquiring. And I came to Ingenico in 2019. I was invited to come and I was glad to come. And uh, since that time, I've been in uh, charge of what we now call the indirect acquiring and ISO channel. And that takes in a lot of ground, uh, mm-hmm. but it, but. Primarily, it's what we used to refer to as independent sales organizations. Uh, and I've been very happy in the four and a half years I've been here. I work for a great management team and have a great support team. And I represent a great product line. That's great. 
great. Well, well, you know, that was a good elevator pitch version. Um, thank you for not taking 27 minutes. <laughs> Although you're, I know your career took a long time, but thank you for that uh, Reader Digest version. Um, My pleasure. One of the reasons I wanted to have you on, Tim, was I had gotten a press release about Ingenico in a partnership with Payrock to deploy the uh, Axiom technology, which I believe has been on the market for, what, about five years now or so? Um, worldwide, yes. Yeah, worldwide. So what can you tell us about Axiom? How it, and you know, how does it differ from legacy technologies and how many different devices under this moniker and their application, you know, how many... <laughs> And, and their applications. I'd be happy to. Axiom is essentially our Android platform, and we okay. we operate on Android uh, 10 and 11 within that platform. Mm -hmm. Within the strata of what we sell today at Axiom, we have a, a DX line, which is a, a mobile line. It could also be used as a desktop. DX8000, DX4000, that's a, uh, a uh, lower cost version of the desktop that uh, we have available for our customers that would like an Android experience and a desktop model with an external payment device, commonly okay. called a pin pad. Right. We have um, mobile devices in the form of your mobile phone called the EX. I and mean, that comes in two different flavors, a 6,000 and 8,000. And that's primarily the size difference between the two, the size of the screens. We also have an RX uh, that is uh, multi-lane uh, primarily. So uh, RX 5000, RX 7000, and upcoming RX 9000. Variances there are both size of the unit itself, size of screen, and the capabilities of what it, uh, what it can do. I want to point out that our Axiom line is uh, growing all the time. So we are looking at new lanes that we can release an Axiom device that will serve our market and our customers and their customers. But for us, Android... Uh, really is the wave of the future. And, and because we sell a very popular line called Tetra, mm -hmm. which is your traditional t desktop and, and mobile products and also um, multi-lane, you'll find Tetra devices in Target, and Home Depot, Walmart, sure. uh, many of the major hotels across the country. So we're not abandoning that line at all, but we are expanding and getting into and have gotten into uh, Android for North, the North American region. Axiom, as you mentioned, has been around internationally with Ingenico for about five years, but just about two and a half, three years here in North America. And that's how you've been sort of building up that that particular line here in the last two and a half years, you'd say? No question about it. And, and when it comes to uh, future development on product lines, we'll be pouring more resources into Axiom because Android is where the market uh, is and then the market is going. Right. Yeah, for sure. So, you know, my question, Tim, would be as we see the the ISV market heating up and, you know, the the ISOs are really trying to compete there. Um, when we look at somebody like a Payrock, what are what are the benefits? Why would a why would a Payrock come and partner with Ingenico? What are they looking to accomplish? And how do you see those strategic partnerships moving forward? Do you see yourself doing more deals like that? And just maybe talk a little bit about that partnership and how that came about. Be glad to. We had a relationship with Payrock for many years. Uh, on the Tetra side, we've expanded that, and the Payrock is a is a strategic, but also a very important partner for Ingenico because it goes beyond selling product, putting in a payment application, selling to a merchant. It has to do with the Payrock business model, and mm -hmm. Payrock is a very good example of what I said uh, of a company that used to be termed an ISO. Payrock doesn't define themselves as an ISO at all. Right. They define themselves as a, as a multi-platform international payment processor, and they are. Right. So 
becoming a strategic partner with them and they with us has allowed us to not only mobilize our Axiom equipment on their payment platform, but it's allowed them to employ their own unique secret sauce, their own payment application that is very attractive to their merchants and to their uh, and to their salespeople. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, this also allows us with Axiom to uh, get involved in cloud-based services, such as what we have called Payment Platform as a Service, or PPAS. Mm-hmm. And, and that's a um, cloud-based system that has many, many partners that are within it to allow for things like alternative payment methods and, and uh, loyalty programs and on and on and on, estate management, et cetera. Because they have um, employed the Axiom line, this gives them the availability to curate and brand their own payment cloud within our within our PPAS environment. And we really just see this as the beginning. This is uh this is a partnership that we believe is going to grow, be more robust in the future, and take in all of these new and kind of exciting payment methods that the electronic payments industry is uh is becoming exposed to. Everything from person-to-person sales. We have we acquired a company called FAWS last year that is a soft pause company that uh, doesn't work off selling equipment. They work off selling person-to-person sales. So it's mm-hmm. kind of an interesting acquisition for a point-of-sale company. It shows two things, I believe. Number one, our resiliency and our, our vision into the future. And then number two, the acknowledgement that the payments industry is growing by leaps and bounds. And every time it does, we just expand the number of people that are involved in it. And it's it's a great thing to see. It's a, it's a you know, I, I often tell people, they're like, why do you specialize in payments? It's like, it's believe it or not, it's exciting and a growing business. It's not a business that just kind of stayed. It's not like banking per se. It's, you know, much more robust and there's so much good stuff right. going on, right? Pa- yeah. Payments is more than payments. It is. Yeah, it that's is. a good and way to look exciting. at it. Yeah. So, so Tim, one follow-up to that would be, I know that the Axiom line is, it sounds like, you know, there's a lot of different options there, obviously from a hardware perspective. Um, with this deal you're doing with Payrock and what they're deploying, what are kind of the target merchants that you're, you know, sure. this partnership is going after? Are there are there certain verticals or certain kind of criteria mm-hmm. that this is a good fit for? All of, I, really, all of the merchant categories. When, when, when it comes to our what we're what our capabilities are, we have the multi-lane devices now. We have the desktop devices now. We have the portable devices and the mobile devices. So, and that and that's and that continues to grow. Mm-hmm. How Payrock sees deploying this into their merchant categories, mm-hmm. uh, I think if you ask their leadership, they would say the sky is the limit. Yeah. And uh, yeah. and given their history, yeah, <laughs> given oh, yeah, who they sure. are and their yeah. history, I could see that for now, sure. Just just out of curiosity, though, when you say that, I mean, what are some of the core functionalities that that the Axiom terminal and, and with this partnership is going to? You know, are we talking about? You know, there's basic inventory management. There's, you know, like what what are some of these sure, functionalities sure. That, that are, you know. So as you know, when it comes to functionality, there are really two things involved: is is the hardware capable, right. and then it's really the software after that. So right. Payrock has developed their own unique software developed through one of our development layers. Okay. And they use this, and they're and they're, they're they have routed um, all of their transactions through their own proprietary gateway. Right. And so this has made this a very attractive product for them. You know, I have an old saying, and it, it really is true, particularly with Android and and uh, and the capabilities of the Android uh, devices. You know, there really isn't any limit to what these devices can do as long right. as you're willing to write the software and uh, and sell it at the uh, at the street right. merchant level. 
So when it comes to, you know, when it comes to some of the things you mentioned, for sure, yes, of course, just all the traditional functions. And then many of the buy now, pay later, many of the, the value added of that one, right? growing mm-hmm. today, they'll have it all. Yeah, it's interesting about buy now, pay later. I've seen a lot of, um, you know, I, I kind of thought like last year it was sort of starting to fizzle out a little bit, you know, you know, but I've seen a lot of activity lately and people referring to it BNPL as another payment method, right? As, you know, sort of no question. like right. credit cards and debit cards. And, you know, now we have right. BNPL. Yeah. And, you know, now we're talking about uh, payment orchestration. I mean, we're talking about uh, digital payments. We're talking about all sorts of things. And, you know, it's funny. I, I've been doing this for a while. <laughs> And every every time something new like this comes up, there's always some uh, prognosticator or guru that says that this is the end of terminals. And all, <laughs> yeah, how many all times I've have seen we heard that? Is that it's not the end of terminals. All we've done, and it's been a great thing, is expand the number of people who are accepting and delivering payment solutions. Right, right. Uh, person-to-person payments? Sure, I love it. But what happens to that merchant who is a P2P softball uh, merchant whose business has grown and decides that they maybe need a payment terminal. Yeah. And so these are the, these are the kind of the optimistic ways I look at things that, as in, mm-hmm. as far as market growth and right. not necessarily market shrinkage. Uh, the more people involved in payments, the better. I, I agree. And I think that, you know, in the early days when some of these P2P things came out, people were in the traditional payment space were saying, oh, no, we can't let that creep into the point of sale. And it's like, why not? You know, it's just right. one more option. I mean, right. It, but it, I mean, I remember a uh, years ago, an uh, an agent telling me uh, merchants just want to sell stuff, you know, and it doesn't matter what they bring it up on. <laughs> they just want to sell stuff. And he would tell me these stories. He's like, I go in and I'd be calling on a shoe store, and the guy be looking at me, going, "You're size nine and a half, right? I have that shoe." <laughs> <in>. <laughs> Now all they have to do is look up your loyalty record and they can, and then they uh, help, they can right? tell you things you didn't know about yourself. Didn't even know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, Tim, there's been a lot of momentum over the last several years uh, towards selling POS systems. Sure. Um, you know, that's led that, that you've sort of suggested. Some people suggest the days of terminals are, you know, fading out. Um, but and I, you, I know you just spoke to this, but maybe you can go in a little more depth in terms of how significant is the terminal from Ingenical's perspective, and where do you see things headed over the next few years? Well, you know, I think you're right on with the growth of the POS system. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Two of the leaders in this industry are Clover and Square. There are many others, Toast, of course, and in in, in our world, Shift4, North American Bank. I mean, there's enormous, enormous. They have gone off mostly and developed their own systems. Many of my indirect acquirers and ISOs can't afford to do that. So... What we're seeing here is a growth in the request for an off-the-shelf point-of-sale system Mm. that one of our customers can take, have it certified on a payment platform, and go with. And and part of that system involves, of course, the payment device. And and you, you can't be locked into just one payment device. You have to be able to be flexible to mm-hmm. to the not only to the merchant but to the uh to the to the ISO's needs mm-hmm. on what the particular location is needing and and uh, how many per payment devices versus how many tablets versus how many printers and all of this becomes a a bundled organization uh, uh, bundled uh, proposition mm-hmm. uh, for our customers 
it's important and it's growing. And uh, I can tell you that although we do not have one as we sit here today, uh, we will have one in 2024 that we will be in the North American region with. And we'll be and we'll work compatible with with the um, other hardware. That's that's critical. Yeah, it's it's critical that, for instance, it in really RX five thousand. If I had slides, I could show you. I do have slides, but I can't show you. Uh, an <laughs> RX five thousand is a is a small mobile device. An RX seven thousand is a multi lane, much like the lane seven thousands that you've seen at uh, Home Depot. Uh -huh. uh, the RX nine thousand is a larger tablet device. But each one of these, uh, each one of either has their own payment system or would be used with a point of sale system. Okay, so yeah. flexibility is is absolutely needed because, yeah, every, because the ISOs are going to be selling to many, many different mm -hmm. merchant types. And, uh, and a point of sale system is attractive to merchants, but they can't be bogged down with it either because as you said earlier, Merchants just want to sell stuff. Just want to sell. Yeah. yeah. I, you know, Tim, I'd love to dig in on this a little bit more. And, and you know, I, I'm much more on kind of the, the tech side of things. I really enjoy. Yeah, he is definitely the techie. Of, yeah. Of us. <laughs> I, I, enjoy the, I enjoy the tech conversation and all that. Um, you know, we I may be enduring long periods of silence here. Though. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. It's a generational thing, Tim. <laughs> uh, right. But uh, so help us understand something that, that I we've I don't think we've ever talked about in the podcast. So let's talk about certification for a minute because it's yeah, so, that. Right. That's a good idea. So one of the big challenges when you when you look at the ISV market today, right, we see the ISV market, the smaller ISVs just taking over card not present verticals. Right. I mean, across the board, you know, they're taking over, you know, home service, et cetera, et cetera. But when we talk about physical location, businesses, retail, restaurant, the smaller players historically have been at a pretty big disadvantage there. Because unlike in a card not present world where I just have to make some kind of web application, now it's like, well, wait a minute, I have to provide an interface, a piece of hardware at this location. Right. And a big challenge to that is, okay, I can find this hardware, but then it's got to get certified. Right. So help our audience understand what does what does certification mean and why is it that ISVs may start to partner with companies like Ingenico with this Axiom line in order to kind of shorten this, this build time? Right. And I, I agree with your assessment on mm -hmm. the growth of the ISV. It's kind of exciting to watch. Yeah, it is. Uh, oh, yeah. Because it, once again, it's just bringing more people and more uh, customers. Possibilities. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. Well, certification is back in 1923. Right. Because I mean, uh, seriously, certification back in the old days would take yeah. years. I mean, I remember. And some it's of still not times. a quick process. Right. But, but yeah, it's, how long does it take? In its simplest form, it's the allowance of a transaction from a payment device to a payment platform like Global mm -hmm. or TSIS, which is owned by Global, or Chase or Elevon or right. WorldPay right. or whomever. These are payment platforms. Right. Uh, they're, they're also merchant acquirers as well, but they're payment platforms. And the certification of a device to that platform is their process. And it's their process that, that, that tells the world this particular product, this Ingenico DX8000, is certified on WorldPay, which it is, and is now available to be sold within the WorldPay organization or through one of the partners, the ISOs, the indirect suppliers that are part of WorldPay's organization. And they, and they are telling the world that you may run payment transactions on that device. The process that goes along in doing that is a long one because it involves many, many different security layers within our own company, our customer's company, and 
payments in general, PCI, for example. I mean, these are things mm -hmm. that all have to be considered, worked out, and certified along the way of, uh, you know, there's, there's, a, there's a cartoon that says, how do you get a bill through Congress? Well, how do you get a, a product through certification? It's kind of the same thing. Probably the same thing. I'm right? not sure which one's longer. <laughs> yeah, right. But so so when they're process. doing it, is, is it, is it each individual step that has to be certified, or is it the totality that is certified? Sure. Yeah. It's, it, so multiple things happen at once. Uh, so I, in my experience with working with the payment platforms, they're working on multiple things at once. But yes, each box needs to be checked, tested, and approved because the last thing in the world anybody wants is a market meltdown. Right, something right. happened right. and there's a bounce back and all of a sudden merchants aren't just selling stuff. Right. They're standing there with a terminal you know, that may be fully operable, but isn't working. And right. pulling and so, their hair out. Yeah. Um, and so I, and so I think my final question there is, and just maybe to clarify this. So if I'm uh you know a company that has an ISV and let's say I want to go after uh, hair salons, right? So if I want to build my own setup and get this hardware that's never been certified, I have to go through all of this this process where I would assume, and correct me if I'm wrong here, but I would imagine that one of Ingenico's strategic directions here is that with Axiom, the idea would be, hey, let's get that ISV to, you know, put their point of sale software on our hardware that's, that's all certified. Exactly. Right. Right. We'll right. take right. care yeah. of the, Yeah. Right. We'll take care of the certifications in Love almost it. all the cases. Yeah. Uh, the ISV, you're, you're absolutely, they bring a lot to the table. They bring a yeah. unique point of sale experience to the table. And and that is an attractive notion that uh, that they would then uh, use one of our devices to right. maybe house the platform X payment application and their point of sale application. This helps right. grow the market and helps grow our market. Yeah, and and, and of course, the trade off being they now they don't have to worry about certification because they're using hardware that's already been certified. Absolutely right. Yeah. It, it, it wouldn't work elsewhere. Well, this has been really, really enjoyable, Tim. I hope it's been enjoyable for you. I certainly learned some things. I'm, I got a feeling James did too. Um, for folks that want to learn more about um, Ingenico generally and Axiom in particular, where might you send them? Well, you can send them to our website, which is basically ingenico.com US, or they can email me. I'm at uh, tim.mcweeny at uh, ingenico.com. And I'd be happy to uh, help anyone who has any questions about any of our devices. Uh, we were actually more than just Ingenico, uh, Axiom and Ingenico uh, Tetra. We do Mobi and we do uh, uh, we're, our, our uh, professional services are, are out there. Mm -hmm. And this point payments platform as a service platform is an exciting thing for us because yeah. we're bringing in um, many, many uh, service providers from many different verticals in one payment cloud. So. It's an exciting time to be here. It's an awesome. exciting time to be in payments. It really is. Tim, thank you so much for your time today. Really appreciate it. Great information. I appreciate your time. Thank you for having me on and uh, wish you both a very happy Thanksgiving. Thank you, Tim, and you too. Today's episode is sponsored by Nativia Banking. And today I want to talk to you about earning residual on your merchant's payables, right? So nice. Yeah. So Patty, we always think about interchange as an expense mm -hmm. for our industry, which it is, right? Which for the ISO. Is. Right. Um, you know, you 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 bring in a certain amount of processing volume and then you, you got to, you know, wave goodbye to the interchange revenue. Um, however, then once that money goes into that merchant's bank account, what are they going to do with it? Well, they're going to spend it. Right. right. 
why not become a part of a banking service platform where mm -hmm. you can help them spend that money and make money when they spend money, right? Not just right. when, uh, not just when they process payments. And so you can really kind of double dip on the residuals. I love what the TV has done here. They've really created a a program that's just, I think, gonna feel very familiar to the ISOs in our industry, but it mm -hmm. allows you to really become a, a you know, a neo bank in a way yeah. um, to really offer these services. If you're a large enough partner, you can even white label it. Mm -hmm. um, so there's some really cool stuff out there. So if you're still interested in this, you want to learn more about it, head over to nativia.com slash ISO. So it's nativia.com slash ISO, I-S-O, nativia.com slash ISO. Check it out. Great page there you can look at and fill that out and talk to somebody there about partnering with them. So thanks so much. Have a great day. This is Questions from the Field, brought to you by ccsalespro.com, the leader in merchant sales training and technology. If you are an individual merchant sales professional, visit ccsalespro.com forward slash training to get a free 14-day trial of our all-access pass. If you manage a team of merchant sales professionals, visit ccsalespro.com forward slash ISO to learn how we can help you grow. And now, here is Questions from the Field with James Shepard. So Patty, today in Questions from the Field, I want to talk about this opportunity for card present vertical specific ISVs. Yeah. Uh, we kind of alluded to it in a previous conversation, mm -hmm. but I really think it's this huge missed opportunity that our, our industry is not, they're not quite understanding what's about to happen, I think. Mm -hmm. um, and so here's what, here, let me give you, let me put this in 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 a, in a frame that I think our, our audience will understand really well. So in the past, you know, there's all of these verticals or business types that are card not present. Right. Um, right. You know, uh, I could go down the list, right? But, you know, you're thinking about like, SaaS, SaaS uh, solutions. Plumbers, right. Uh, yeah, all of these, yeah, right? All that. Yeah. And and let's face it. I mean, the ISO aging community hasn't actually been terribly successful at getting those uh, merchants anyway. Mm -hmm. um, and so because there wasn't a lot of competition there, what happened is those those businesses were are, were very underserved from a software perspective, right? And so there was this explosion of these small ISVs mm -hmm. that are like, hey, we've got the perfect solution for you if you're a card not present, you know, uh, kind of like okay, you right? with your um with my self storage software, self storage exactly. software, yes, yes, exactly, property management, that sort of thing. So, mm -hmm. um, however, there's been this huge barrier that's existed in terms of, okay, if my company wanted to build our next ISV to go after card presence. So let's say my company, I wanted to, I wanted to build a software that was going to target uh, hair salons or something where there, there's definitely a card not present, you know, as far as the appointment scheduling, but there's mm -hmm. also a card present, you know, mm -hmm. we need an interface, you know, or even something more complex, like a, a really right. you know, a point of sale system or something for a restaurant. Um, to do that, there was this really high barrier because not only would we have to create this software that would traditionally be even a little more complex than a card not present, just as a general rule, mm -hmm. but then we also have to get this hardware. Then we're going to have to figure out how to do like the, the computer programming involved in getting hardware to work is just a lot more challenging than yeah. getting it to work in a web application. Sure. Then on top of that, we got to get this hardware certified with whatever. Right, which is always a pain. Yes. Oh, and it could take a year or two, right? Mm -hmm. So you're mm -hmm. just seeing the it's a huge additional cost or barrier. But what we're going to see with programs like Axiom, like Tim just talked about, and, and a lot of the hardware companies have something similar now, is that you know these platforms are developing now to where it's actually going to be about as easy very, it's a very minimal difference between the card not present and the card present. Right. Now, why that's important is 
I don't think our audience quite understands the the increase in competition that's about to happen mm-hmm. um, because already it's like, well, yeah, there's there's a few, you know, there's some vertical specific point of sale solutions out there for pizza shops, right? Right, right. But in five years, there's going to be another 150 of them, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? Um, because there's so much value there. Right. And these ISVs are going to develop. And so it's going to go into like deeper niches. It's not going right. to it's gonna be, be like the, the the fast food pizza, the the the, the Italian right. restaurant with pizza, right. the upscale Italian yeah. restaurant that has pizza. Right. right. And so right. What, what we're seeing today is, you know, a lot of the big successful point of sale companies out there, they're selling to food service businesses. Mm-hmm. Well, they need to watch out because they're going to have massive competition sure. from, a, from an I, there's going to be an ISV that is designed for food trucks. There's going to be an ISV. If there isn't that, already. Well, there is. And, and again, there is, there's no yeah. doubt, but I mean, there's like maybe a few, right. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. what's going to happen is, as the bar gets lowered, we're going to see the same thing that we're seeing in the card now present. Well, I mean, yeah. again, self-storage using that as an example, I mean, mm-hmm. we're doing really well there now, but I mean, when you go and look at our competitors for self-storage management software, I mean, there's like 60 companies, and this is a tiny, tiny little, there's like wow. 50,000 people you can sell in this whole market. And mm-hmm. yet there's like 50, 60 competitors, right? It's wow. insane. Wow. Well, insane. Yeah. You know, think about how many hair salons there are, how many That's nail salons there are, how many thousands, right? fine dining restaurants, right? I mean, it's it's hundreds yeah. of thousands and in, in some cases, right? So um, yeah. it, it's massive market. And so what you're going to see is you're going to see a lot of small startups that are like, well, hey, wait a minute, if we don't have to figure out a supply chain and certification for hardware. And all we have to do is build into somebody's API and we got a, we have a device with a screen and we mm-hmm. can just say, here's what we want the screen to look like. Well, okay, let's go. Now it's, now it's going to cost us a, a, a tenth of what we thought it was. And it's going to take us a tenth of the time. So you're going to see an explosion of innovation around card present. And I think Axiom is a, a really good example of that. So again, if you're an ISV, uh, you know, it's a really good example. I mean, for, for our company, for CC storage, I mean, you know, when we started it, we were like, you know, we already saw these trends happening. And so we're already planning our card present device that, you know, may not be coming out in a month, but, you know, down the road in a year or two, mm-hmm. we're going to be wanting our self-storage property owners to have a device at their location that has their little site map up on the screen and they can do stuff with it. And when people come in, they have a really easy experience to, to rent mm-hmm. their unit or whatever. So it's just going to be a lot easier, I think, down the road here as we move forward. And that's a trend I think we should have our eye on. This is the Insider's Report with Patty Murphy, brought to you by The Green Sheet. For nearly 40 years, The Green Sheet has been the go-to source for news, analysis, and educational tools that empower and connect payments professionals. If you're not reading The Green Sheet already, check it out on the web today at www.greensheet.com. So James, this week I have a news that's not exactly fresh news in, in that we sort of saw, saw this coming. Okay. Um, the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau has announced a plan for regulating big tech, or I should say big tech's payments, please. Okay. Okay. That's a, that's a tongue that's twister, a mouthful. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the Consumer Watchdog Agency has said that the likes of Apple Pay and PayPal have gained significant market share in recent years, blurring the lines that traditionally separate commerce and banking. Yet none of these big tech firms that are operating in the payment space receive the same regulatory scrutiny as, say, banks or credit unions. Uh, So the CFPB has been scrutinizing big tech for a while. Last year, they um, ordered Amazon, Apple, Facebook, and Google 
to hand over information on their payment systems plans. And um, they were going to be doing an analysis, they said, of how these firms gather and use customer information. So I would suspect that beyond this rulemaking, there's going to be additional rulemaking. Oh, yeah. Um, last year, the Consumer Watchdog Agency ordered, um, excuse me, I just said that, but in a speech in October, I meant to say, uh, the agency's chief, Rohit Chopra, expressed concerns about the extensive collections and uses of customer information that these co companies do. Um, and earlier this year, they issued a consumer advisory that cash stored on payment apps are not insured deposits. Wow. Yeah. Right. Okay. Now, it's interesting because you and I might know that, but I think there's people out there that just don't sure. get that, you know? Yeah, sure. Um, so the proposal that was just issued would subject non-bank financial companies handling more than 5 million transactions a year um, to the okay. same rules that large banks and credit unions follow. So, you know, like the Durbin Amendment would be a prime example, the EFT right. Act, uh, the, right. Reg CC, um, about 17 companies are expected to be covered by the rule. Most notable, of course, Apple, Google, PayPal, and Block's Cash App. I just wanted to leave with a quote that Chopra said um, in issuing the rule. He said, payment systems, as we know, are critical to the infrastructure for our economy. And um, they used to be conducted exclusively by supervised banks. Today's rule would uh, crack down on one avenue for regulatory arbitrage by ensuring large technology firms and other non-bank payments companies are subject to appropriate oversight. And yeah. I think that's something we can all agree on. I mean, it's one of those things I think that bothered me early on about things like PayPal and Block was, yeah. you know, these guys are getting a lot of market share and they're not really being, you know, regulated as banks would be regulated, as credit card companies would be regulated. Yeah. Yeah, good stuff. Uh, very interesting, Patty. Thank you for listening to the Merchant Sales Podcast. Whether you are an industry veteran, processing executive, or just trying to learn about the payment space, we appreciate your time. The Merchant Sales Podcast is a joint production of Greensheet.com and CCSalesPro.com. And we hope you will tune in next week for more information and tips on building your merchant services business.